Well, I didn't scare him off, and he didn't scare me off. Well, I'll, I'll never be scared off by anything. I'll never give an inch to anyone, Heilprin. I'll never bend a knee. He didn't disappear, though. Zach Heilprin still joining us today as we march on with a recovering now Nelson. Zach, good morning. Good morning. Did how, you? How is, yeah? Nelson, how is Nelson doing? <laughs> so I was texting. He kept texting me. Oh, yeah. And and for some reason, messaging me through Snapchat as well. He's using both mediums. And it was all the way up until I think he went under the knife or got his anesthesia and knocked him out because I'm like, it was like 1130. He's supposed, supposed to have surgery at 1030. It was 1130. He kept messaging me. I'm like, aren't you supposed to be under the knife right now? It was, I'm in my gown. I got an IV in one hand and my phone in the other. <laughs> I'm like, all right, well, you know, good luck. You know, we we got some guys praying for you. As you heard, Charlie has a prayer for Nelson yesterday. Apparently his mom heard it. That's nice. Yep. And then um, Charlie's mom? No, Nelson's mom. Nelson's mom, okay. Um, and then I think it was about three hours later, I screenshotted it because I was going to show you. I got a Snapchat from our guy, Nelly. And it was, uh, let's see here. I'll pull it up for you, Hi Alpern. I know you can't see it because you're listening on the radio uh, out there, but this is Nelly. I don't feel right. With a right spelled R-U-G-H-T. There's a post-surgery Nelson. (laughs) Well, hey, he does not. I don't feel right. We can confirm that he does not have Michael Michael Jackson's note. (laughs) Oh, maybe it's just swollen right now. Who knows? But then he sent me another one like five minutes later. My nose is straight. I feel really happy right now. (laughs) With a photo of him. There's a selfie of him like leaning back. I'm like, yeah, it's because you're drugged up. They messaged me back. It's because you're drugged up. I said, just enjoy the ride. Yeah, for sure. Stop messaging me and DMing me and just enjoy the ride. And click, then... Click the morphine button. I know. And then the best part of it is about five minutes later, he messaged me back and he says, a nurse just told me I look like a young Tom Selleck. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, well, is she, was she good looking? Uh... I don't know. <laughs> like, well, figure it out, Nelson. If she's saying you're a young Tom, Tom Selleck, I'd start running some game. Yes. So Nelson, I guess, is uh, feeling pretty good. He's back home, and we'll see if, uh, you know, maybe some pictures come today if that swelling goes down, if he did get that Michael Jackson-looking nose, that little <laughs> rhinoplasty. So, yeah. All right, Zach. So we uh, we kind of have this theme going in the 6 o'clock hour. It's really just the um, – it's like a really bad soap opera, and that would be – Major League Baseball. It's just the worst, you know, soap operas. I don't know when you were a kid when you're there's a general hospital theme song, we'll have this one. I don't okay. know if when you were homesick no. in school if you ever watched soap operas. Only when I, only when we went to visit my grandparents during the day they'd be watching them, and so I would end up watching them. Their but stories. Yes. Yes. But uh personally no, wouldn't sit down and watch one. I never was much of a soap opera guy either. I mean, I'd tune in for a couple minutes in between, like, maybe Maury or Ricky Lake or, you know, something like that, just to see what I was missing. Ricky, and then, Ricky Lake? You remember Ricky Lake? I do remember Ricky Lake. I, I didn't really think that was your demographic. Oh, dude. I, well, I only had five channels growing up. Okay. and uh, That's right. I forgot you were out on the, on the sticks. Yeah, I was out in the boonies. So it was either Soap Opera, uh, Ricky Lake, Maury, and what was the other one? It was uh, Jenny something. Was it Jenny... Ah, there was a there was a Ricky Lake type show, but her name was Jenny. I forget exactly what it was. Jenny. Yeah. Oh, I wish I could remember. Anyways, but the soap opera that is Major League Baseball <laughs> is absolutely absurd. Now, after Rob Manfred, the commissioner, is, says that he doesn't think there's going to be a season, it's now reported that at least six Major League Baseball owners don't want to play out a 2020 season per report. And Manfred would need what approval from seventy-five percent of the owners to impose or push through a season. Six wouldn't do it. Six would it be eight? It would be eight. Yeah, and they like that math. But apparently, quick math. It was. We read the same article. Um, <laughs> let's just be honest about it. I was told there'd be no math today, so I just read. Yes. Yes, but I uh, no. So yeah, they'd, they'd be eight. And one player agent said that there was at least eight teams that would not want to play or don't want to play this season. But I just shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah. would be what Major League Baseball is doing. Yes, you'll lose some money this year if you play, but trying to get fans back after canceling a season, they've never they haven't canceled a season what? Since 18 No, they have never they've never, they've canceled, never canceled a season. season. I think it was just that was just before Major League Baseball was a thing. Was 1880 something? Uh I'm looking it up right now. 1870. 
Yeah, so like they haven't they've played at least some games every single year since then. And right now it's, you know, again, people are posturing, people the MLPA, MLBPA has called Manfred's bluff and Yeah. Man, it's just an ugly situation. It's a very ugly, dude. It's so ugly. And when it comes to Okay, well, I'm looking at this. So 1870 was the last time there was no baseball. <laughs> And but in Milwaukee in 1966 and 1967, there was also no baseball. Good point. Because that was be would be ushering what the uh, the Braves and then a little uh, hiatus Bra- and then Braves out, pilots in, pilots in. You're in. So maybe some old timers, some old tops from 66, 67, are like, oh, this is nothing new to me. Back in my day, we didn't have baseball for two years. But <laughs> I don't know, man. The more this goes on with Major League Baseball, I just it's not happening. It's not happening, and I'll be honest. At this point, I, I just, don't just make anymore. a decision. Make a decision one way or the other. Just get out of it. I, I, I don't. We just keep getting jerked around as fans. Yes, I'm, I, I'm like almost not a fan anymore. I'm getting. I've never been a huge baseball guy. Same. I would say my pecking order. It would be, I go NFL. Well, okay, for professional sports, I'll leave college out of it. But I'll go NFL, NBA. Then I guess I would say. Major League Baseball. I would, but there's pro- I would put soccer up in front of it. But, but there's probably few. a pretty significant big, drop off big between drop-off. the NFL to the NBA, probably, and then yeah. the NBA to the next one. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But if you were to throw college in there, I would throw college basketball up ahead of the NBA for me. I would honestly go. Uh, I would go NFL, then I would go college basketball, then college football, and then I'd throw in the NBA. You like college basketball more than you like college football? I love college basketball. Yeah, I, maybe. Well, I mean, college basketball and college football are like they're yeah. like right next to yeah. each other. Yeah. But I love college basketball. Wisconsin basketball is near and dear to my heart. And I want to talk some college basketball with you today, especially Wisconsin. Um, Can't wait. I've, same. I, just, I love it. Because we had a really good conversation yesterday when it comes to Wisconsin football. on the Not the best, but the most <laughs> important player. Yes. And that got a lot of traction. So I figured we're going to kind of do something like that too with uh, Wisconsin and college basketball. I know... You had sat down with Alondo Tucker uh, with the swing, and we were talking a little bit about that yesterday. And you guys talked recruiting, didn't you? Well, we talked uh, not so much recruiting, but guys that are coming in, right? So it's uh, guys that are yeah recruited, be, right? Yeah. This, so they, Wisconsin basketball has six guys coming in, five of them scholarship. Another one was a guy who had scholarship offers from other places, but is going to walk on at Wisconsin. It's it's a really good class. Um, I don't know how much they're going to be able to help just simply because there's not a ton of room, not a ton of minutes still available. But, you know, we'll see when they get on campus. But, yeah, during our conversation, he gave me a little quick a little snippet on each of the six guys. And um, you can read that up on MassCitySportsZone.com, yeah. or you can go listen to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. It's, it's, I, I, think it's, it, I think it's a really good listen, I'll be honest. And that is that not just because you're the host, right? It has nothing to do with me being the host. It has. Everything I know you're do- very critical about yourself. It has everything to do with Orlando Tucker being yeah. Orlando Tucker. I know you're very critical about your work and whatnot, and you always put the best stuff out there, Zach. And and uh, if you say it's that good, then I know it's blazing good. But, but again, it has nothing to do with me. It I, has I know, I know, to do I know. With, with the guy. And speaking of Wisconsin basketball, real quick before we get back into Major League Baseball here, I did see in the way too early top twenty-five. Badgers rise again for college basketball. Up to six. That's crazy, man. And Iowa? Is Iowa fifth from I, what I think I saw? I was fifth because they get – well, because they're get, expecting Luke, Luca Garza to come back. They're yeah. also going to get uh, – He hasn't made up his mind on anything, has he? He hasn't. Uh, they're also expecting to get – you know, they'll get Jordan Bohannon back after he had to sit out this yeah. past year. So they've got the – they got some – They still got that uh, the lunatic unhinged junior. Yes, daddy's daddy's son. Daddy's son. Is yeah. he still what, – what grade is he in? He's got to be getting. He might be. He's up there, isn't he? He's got to be either a junior or senior this coming year. Yeah, and uh, man, nothing better than last season when you saw when you saw. All right, Fran McCaffrey. They're telling him, dude, you got to calm down. You can't freak out as much. And then what do you see on the court happen? His son like lose it. Yeah, you know it's bad. Was that against the Badgers? It was. Yeah, you know you know it's bad when you are the. Uh, when you're Fran McCaffrey and you have to calm your son down, like they're, they're, they're like t- the refs are telling Fran McCaffrey to calm his son down. That's that's when you know it's bad because that guy is just an unhinged lunatic at times. I the Fran freakout. When did that peak? The Frantrum. When did, yeah the Frantrum. When did that peak? Uh, against Wisconsin. What, what was that when 20... Iowa was leading and Fran freaked out? He got teed up and then Wisconsin. I think they made both Tech free throws and then that spurned the. He got two Techs. Yeah, two, and so then they, that's so burned they, the run, right? So they got four free throws uh, 
And that inspired the comeback. Yeah, and Ben Well, yeah, they actually took the lead Mm -hmm. off of those and didn't look back. But yeah, that was was when Wisconsin was still undefeated at that point. Uh, Yeah, that was the 2013 14 season. That was was my favorite Frantrum ever. I've never seen a guy lose it like that. And he admitted afterwards that he He cost him the game. He admitted afterwards, he admitted afterwards that he tried to get the first one and he did not try to get the second one. (laughs) (laughs) He was just seeing so much red he couldn't help himself. Yet he was. All the way out on the court, like ha- almost all the way down to the baseline, it was insane. That, yeah, that guy's just crazy. There's just it's something about him. I lo- I like watching Iowa when it comes to college basketball. Iowa, I think I dislike Iowa the most. They bug me to no end. I think it goes back even to um, uh, God, I forget his name, the Bugs Bunny looking guy that Bo Ryan recruited and then he skirted out. Um, Jared Utah. Yeah, Utah. I can't. I don't know. I didn't remember his name. It. I don't know why, but I think that really spiked. My dislike, disdain for Iowa basketball, and then you throw in the fact of the Fran McCaffrey. But it's something it's like I have to watch it though. There's something I despise him so much, but I have because you because I love college basketball and the Badgers. But I have to watch. It's a it's like a not miss. I can't miss it because it's kind of like a car accident. Yeah, you're exp- or, or you're waiting for a car. No, it's kind of like NASCAR. You're waiting for for an accident to happen. Like yeah. you don't necessarily like NASCAR. You don't necessarily uh, root for anybody that's but driving. You want to see the crash. But you kind of want to see the crash. And, and Fran McCaffrey is a crash waiting to happen. All right, let me see if I can put your knowledge to test here when it comes to college hoops, Heilprin, because I know you're like a vault of all this information. Not. There was one time when I thought my wife would actually like sports. I took her to, it was Wisconsin, Iowa, at the Kohl Center, obviously, here in Madison. And it was like, I think it was a double or a triple overtime game. I think it was double overtime game. Wisconsin ended up winning, and it was against Iowa, and it had to have been, I want to say like six ah, six years ago maybe. Do you remember a game like that? You think about it. All right. All right, so six Major League Baseball owners say they don't even want to play a season. Do you think Mark Ananasio is one of them? I don't. Neither do I because they really rely. Well, it's not like he's going to get fans anyways, but in this conference call, what are they – they get more than the average of Major League Baseball for well, money through fans, right? They're hurt by it significantly without fans. There's no doubt about that. I think uh, their revenue is 40 45% uh, out of the stadium. Yeah. And they're, well, smallest market. They are, what are they? They're above the top half of the league in attendance. I want to yeah. say they're like 12th or 13th. Um, I can look it up. But when it comes to... The Brewers, they need people through the turnstiles, and I would assume they would need a season just to have eyes on the TV to get TV revenue. Oh, yeah, yeah. Without the TV revenue, you're in trouble. It's, oh, just, yeah. it's the same thing with the NBA and why they're doing this little five-game, or no, eight-game regular season schedule when they get down there is because they can play those games on the local networks, and they have to, as long as they play 72 team or 72 games, on the you know yeah um, they'll be able to get their money out of those ne- out of the networks yeah that's why it's so vital that they end up playing. Uh, Milwaukee, the Brewers, that is, is actually eighth in 2019. They were eighth in attendance overall, or the average attendance, I should say. They averaged 36,000 people through those turnstiles. Uh, bel- above them in seventh was Boston, six was Colorado, five the LA Angels, four the Cubs, Yankees are third, St. Louis is second, and the Dodgers are first. But below the Brewers is Houston, Philly, San Francisco, Atlanta, the Mets, San Diego, uh, the Twins. Is the Twins are right smack dab in the middle there at fifteen. Milwaukee for such a small or the smallest market, they do damn well and they need that money bad. No, they definitely do. There's no doubt about that. And, and Mark Antonasio said as much. We just yeah the, the the fan sport that they get compared to some other places is uh, significant, and it's because all those games. In late March and April and early May can be played no matter what because mm-hmm. of the stadium. Because of that beautiful roof. Yeah. Um, this is uh, crazy, man. So the future attendance moving forward, that's going to – I, I got to imagine that's going to plummet. I think it went down by – I think it was close to 10,000 a game coming back off the strike-shortened season of 1994. And that's back when baseball – people actually cared about baseball. And there a wasn't ton. a pandemic. And there wasn't a pandemic, and uh, you know it was before the steroid era. Yeah. You know, and well, it sounds like I have steroids come back then. That's hey, the only way to hey, steroids. The only way to save baseball now. Get, a, get another summer of '98 with uh, Mark <laughs> McGuire and Sammy Sosa. Did you watch that documentary? I started watching it, but I haven't finished it. Yet. I didn't. I I I did the same. I I started. I probably watched like 20 minutes, and then typical me, I fell asleep. 
Typical. That was uh, what I usually do. That was actually during my I, – I usually don't take naps. I put it on yesterday after the gym, and I just kind of nod it off. And then uh, for some reason, then I fired up Ken Burns' documentary National Parks. Didn't fall asleep during that, though. Explain that one to me. Uh, but they say even before the COVID-19 pandemic, Major League Baseball's attendance was steadily declining in the past few years. Uh, they peaked in 2004 with 79.5 million fans in attendance. And it's gradually slipped now. Last season was 68.5 million. So they've lost, you know, 11 million here in fans for average attendance. And the lowest it's been since 2003 was 67.3. And they, you know, in this article I was reading, the ongoing pandemic concerns, plus you throw on the fact fans upset with the league, could lead to a very sharp attendance decline in the future. And I got to imagine that would, I don't know. What do you think Brewers fans would do? I feel like Brewers fans are kind of bulletproof on that. They're kind of like I, I don't. You like, don't like you don't, you don't, you don't, think don't go party fan? in the parking lot and go. Maybe, but do you think there's there's going to be there's going to be an effect? There's going to be a residual yeah. effect. Like it's just impossible to think that people are going to be okay with not having a season this year at all um, because of you know whether you want to say it or not the greediness of both sides and the inability for both sides to come to an agreement on. Uh, working what's best for the fan as opposed to you know their own individual man, their own individual feelings their own individual wants and needs uh instead of compromising they're just they're stuck in their position and it's do you, you know screwing us over yeah do, do you, i mean i'm sure in the back of their mind they do care about the fan just because it, without the fans you don't make the money but man it really doesn't feel like it right now right that they they don't give a crap about the fans both sides i feel like right, M- Milwaukee Honestly, more the show than pretty much almost any other yeah. team relies on fans in the stadium. Yeah, but I, I guess if you just look at the big picture of it all, I, right now I feel like those fans are just being spit on. Like they just they don't care. And that's what baseball has done for a long time. Yeah. So they say I'm reading this article right here on CBSSports.com. Attendance went from three uh, thirty-one thousand two hundred fifty-six fans per game in nineteen ninety-four. To ready for this to twenty five thousand and twenty one fans per game in ninety five following the strike. So I was only four thousand off. Yeah, you're well done though. And as as a show that is, <laughs> you're 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 close, dude. As a show is predicated on no math, we're kind of killing it already. Yeah, two math good. things already in the books. Very good. They said it wasn't until two thousand and six that MLB attendance returned to its pre strike level of thirty one thousand three hundred and six fans. It's gonna, yeah, it's going down. I'll be honest. If the Brewers were expected to be like the Dodgers or expected to be, you know, like a really, really good team, yeah, I think maybe I'd feel different about it. And but I'm apathetic to it. You know what I mean? Same. Like it just, it's just not something that it just excites me. And and to be honest with you, by the time, no matter what, no matter what, by the time they come back, we've said this for a while. It's gonna be in August. It's gonna be in July. It's gonna be in August. And people are not going to be interested. They're going to be watching everything yeah, else. Yeah, they're going to have everything else to watch. NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs. They could even have a new College league football. with Kyrie Irving fronting it. Who right. knows? We'll talk <laughs> exactly. about that later. Yeah. But, you know, I'm reading around, and then the Fouch, Dr. Fauci, you haven't really, you know, heard much of him lately just because he's not front-page news right now. But he should can't, be, though. He should can't, be. Can't imagine why. He should, he should be right there along with, you know, the civil unrest because it's not like the coronavirus, COVID-19, went away. Can't imagine why we haven't heard from him. Dr. Fauci says that Major League Baseball, they should try to play in the core summer months and avoid October. Yeah. Because that's the second spike, right? Allegedly. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll see what happens. I'm sure there will be. Uh, Just they'll drum it up where it will happen one way or another. And (laughs) (laughs) hey, if you could joke around, I could joke around too then. Yeah. But that's not, I'm not, you did a very thinly veiled joke in there. Except I think mine actually is, is real. And this is, this is going to be real too when the second spike happens. Yeah. To to overplay it? No, they're not going to overplay it. Well, if, if there is a second spike, which I'm sure there will be, then they should overplay it because obviously what they did the first time around didn't work. Because we all... Because most of us just said whatever. Yeah. It was, what, three weeks, four weeks, and then eventually be like, screw it, I'm done. Yeah. The only people that truly, truly... Well, a lot of people out of work, a lot of people lost their business, so I'm not going to sit here and say that they, you know, some people didn't do what they were supposed to do, but there's the, the breakouts that are happening in, in Florida and in Texas are people just that don't they really care. 
and, yeah, and, well, and didn't yeah. think two things of it. And again, so the ramifications they, they of this want to is, do it, they want to do it. But, yeah. but the ramifications are if if something happens and we end up not be having you know football in September or October or November, we'll know who to blame. Looking at this here, and it won't be the people. <laughs> looking at this here, well, to your point of who would care if baseball came back and was playing late into October and November because you would have football, hopefully. You would have this NBA tournament. Um, or you, you would just have college football. You'd have football. You, t- you tell me, would you rather? No, in, I wouldn't watch it. In August, what's your ranking of, of sports? Because I think it's probably going to be the NBA will be on the top. Yep. The NFL preseason. Yep. Um, and then a meaningless baseball season if they figured it out. I, I even AHL playoffs may even be yep. above it. You know, that like that ranking wise, who's going to care? Especially in a season that would be if they did get it, forty-eight to fifty-four games. See, man, I'm I'm a fan of that. Shorter season is better. Same. They play everybody twice and get it done with, and and uh, I like the drama of ama- it. Yeah, be amazing. But but majority of people would be like like okay, we normally play 162 games. We're playing a 48 game season. Who right. cares? Baseball's that's not baseball's not a game for that because it things change. It's just a it's a day to day sport, and you can't be playing only 60 games. If if you know if you're gonna want to figure out who the best team is because yeah. there's there's runs just and you know that's that's the same thing in other sports though too but there's runs and uh, you know a guy who is hitting 155 through the first 50 games could be all of a sudden 400 hitter over the next right. 60 right and he, his contract well, gets killed if they were to have the season then have their playoffs and you have football you know ruling with an iron fist. But now you have, think of this, you have Dr. Fauci saying, don't play in October. You got to play in the summer months because of the second wave. Then you have six owners saying, at least minimum six owners saying they don't want a season. You have Rob Manfred saying, I'm not confident there will be a season. And you have two sides, the owners and the Players Association, so far at odds that they'll probably never come together. What does that say to me and you? There ain't going to be a season. <laughs> like, let's... There's trends here. Yeah. Trends are our friends. It's trending that there ain't going to be nothing for baseball. And they're going to lose a lot of people for a long time. And the ramifications of money-wise, it'll that'll be just a huge ripple effect for years. Yeah, I mean if they don't play this year, who knows if you know who knows what next year will look like and especially after next year when they collective bargaining agreements up wild times man wild times i just threw it out on the twitters Ooh, and i got then i got the retweet from our sports director zach halpred who is the most i'm sorry whomst is the most important wisconsin basketball player of all time we uh right on the same vein we had yesterday of who is the most important wisconsin football player of all time outside of ron dane could i have put on who outside of insert name here for college basketball, Wisconsin basketball? I think, is there a standout guy? I think some people are going to say Frank Kaminsky, but I, I think some would. I think, yeah. But Wisconsin was established, not not Final Four established, but they were established by the time Frank showed up. And, he, you know, it was only two years. My guy or, that I would go with. Oh, you're right off the gate. You're going right at it. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Right um, at it. it. It's Lando Tucker. It's a guy that came in. Was part of a Big Ten championship team as a freshman, turned into the all-time leading scorer, was the captain of the first team that ever reached number one in the country, and also would have been on a Final Four team had uh, Brian Butch not gotten hurt in the 06-07 season. So that would be that's my choice, guys. Yeah, he's I, the man. I have no yeah. complaints right there because I am a big Orlando Tucker fan. I, that dude is uh, man. Watching him play. One of my favorite Badgers, if not my favorite Badger of all time for Wisconsin basketball. And in that season, I know they weren't in both polls, but ranked number one, what was that in the AP poll? AP poll and mm-hmm. Ohio State was in the coaches' poll, number one. Yep. The Sports Illustrated cover. Sports Illustrated cover. Also. And the Jinx. Hmm. I, Brian Butch was on there. Yeah, right. It was kind of funny because they had Alondo peeking out from behind yeah. Brian Butch, even though Alondo was obviously the, <laughs> yeah. bigger, the biggest name there. They're like, but. And, and he's not that much taller than him, is he? Oh yes. How how tall? Tucker's six five. I thought he was taller than that. Butch is six eleven. Um, I thought. Alondo hey, was I never saw Orlando Tucker playing alongside the likes of like LeBron James for that McDonald's All American game. And here's the other thing about Orlando: if he had not, if not for Kevin Durant, he's the Player of the Year oh, in that yeah. in 06, 07. So yeah. he becomes the first Wisconsin. You know, he becomes the first National Player of the Year for Wisconsin. If God, that's that was KD, case. and would probably it, yeah. become the first guy to get his number retired. 
Yeah. Honestly, he should have his number retired. Yeah, so should Michael Finley. Michael Finley should as well. Okay, well, let me ask you when it comes to most important Badger of all time. Could you make the case for Michael Finley? I mean, you could, but he was. I mean, he was not on overly successful teams, and yeah. am I, uh, or am I thinking of like now is the NBA career starting to creep in? No, Pro- I mean he was he, had the most successful NBA career. Yeah, that's yeah. What, that's what maybe I'm thinking of him more as the Portland Badger because of the NBA career is what I'm saying. But also to date, he was one of the more successful Badgers. Yeah, um, he is just up until smooth recent right. butter behind that three point line. Michael no, he wasn't. Finley. He was a horrible shooter. Michael Finley? Yes. Uh huh. Maybe I'm thinking of the NBA again. Yeah, yeah. He was not a good. Yeah, he was he, not a good shooter at Wisconsin. He was, he was the. He shot. Like, I, I got this NBA just ingrained in my brain. Yeah, he was more the guy who wowed the gym with being the high flyer. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Man, I guess my childhood is just a lie to me. Though. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, it's it's one of those things where you remember him fondly because he stood out so much. Because his teams were not good. That's what it is then. When you celebrate making a tournament for the first time since (laughs) the 50s. Yeah. uh, And that tournament's the NIT, which at that point in time flipped with the NCAA tournament being the second tier tournament. Um, Yeah, it's you go back, look at the stats and you're like, oh. Here's, I mean, well, he's my, great, yeah. but eh. yeah. Here's the thing about uh, Finley. I, I, he's not. He wasn't horrible his first three years as a shooter from three. He actually shot thirty six percent. I got a stats up right here. Thirty six percent, thirty six percent, thirty six percent, and then twenty eight percent as a senior. So I think <laughs> That's maybe that, that maybe up. that was the that was clouding my judgment on his, that one. His so arms he, started getting tired. It, it was not necessarily. He wasn't necessarily horrible, but he shot thirty three percent. 33.8 for his career. The light was green for too long, oh, and then yeah. his arm got tired out. Yeah, his, that, uh, he's like, ah, oh, here we go again. Doing those two hands. Got to loosen this thing up. <laughs> All right, six zero eight three two one sixteen seven. Let's go to the phones quick. Welcome to the show. Who do I got? Charlie. Charlie, let me and hold, buddy, real quick. All right, so back at it. Just we'll we'll save him. We'll put we'll put each other on the shelf, Charlie. All right, we'll, real <laughs> quick here. Don't worry about it, bro. And by the way, Nelson's doing great. Thanks for the prayers. Uh, by the time Michael Finley finished his career at Wisconsin, he had risen to twelfth leading scorer in Big Ten history. Uh, Finley also ranked seventh Big Ten scoring in conference games with 1,385 points, three-time Associated Press honorable mention and All-American choice, uh, and twice named first-team All-Big Ten, the only player in Badger history to score 500 points in three different seasons, and the only player in UW history to average better than 20 points per game in three different years. He's yeah, a very good player. Yeah, Dude was a beast. And then you get that NBA title in 07 with the Spurs. But when it comes to the NBA career, we're more focusing on the Wisconsin career. <laughs> so Orlando Tucker is your is your boy. I think a Tucker's got to be my boy too because when it comes to that, he's he's Wisconsin's all time leading scorer. All all time leading scorer has a money shot now. Uh, didn't help him that back then. But, yep. uh <laughs> he's got some arc on his shots. Got some arc took him on a his couple shot. years. That's yeah. okay. Again, he was the leader, and he did things right on the court and off the court. That's ha- that's the thing. He has a picture. Zach says is the only thing that exemplifies Wisconsin basketball. That's never what I said. I said it is the it is the most known picture uh, in Wisconsin basketball history. Can you deny that? <laughs> no. All no, right. I don't think you can. But I can't believe this. Alondo <laughs> Tucker was UW's first consensus, first-team All-American since John Cotts in 1942. They were really bad at That's basketball. That's some yeah. I forget. I try to block it out of memory of the lean years, but then you go back to when people stood in line for an NIT appearance to get tickets for the Badgers. Yeah. Know, it all kinds of makes sense a little bit, doesn't it? They oh yeah, they were going crazy in the late eighties when they made the t- when they made the NIT. Yeah. It was like a huge, huge thing. Um, all right, so then how about since I mean you go back and look at the history of the Wisconsin Badgers, you really don't have many guys that you would consider to be the you know, a trailblazer, I guess, but outside of Michael Finley. Mike Kelly. Um, Mike, the glue Kelly. guy. <laughs> what about? And I know a lot of people say Frank Kaminsky, but before Frank Kaminsky, this dude was a, a beast. I know he couldn't shoot free throws too well. My judgment's not clouded on that. My memory's not clouded on that. Ethan Happ. You mean after Frank Kaminsky? Yeah, I mean outside of Frank Kaminsky, you're not talking about Frank Kaminsky because a lot of people will say he is the most important. What about Ethan Happ, a guy that's been there years? Love Ethan, but I don't think so. And he was, what, the first yeah. two-time AP All-American in Wisconsin history. Fantastic player. But not the most important. Not the most important. 
Well, you said Mike Kelly, a glue guy. <laughs> he was Ethan throwing Happ. out there. He was throwing out there just throw. Yeah. Ultimate just... ultimate glue guys. Yeah, they're right yeah. there. Yeah, Ethan Happ. No, Happ is one of six players in NCAA history to accumulate at least two thousand points, one thousand rebounds, and four hundred assists, joining the likes of Oscar Robertson, Larry Bird. Never heard of him. <laughs> per- uh, now, there's a couple names in there too, but when when you have, <laughs> I mean, you, you have, could probably list them, and people would be like, "Damn!" All right, so you know, Danny Ferry, Stacy Ogman, and John Con, uh, John Connors, Con, yeah, Concher, K O N C H A R. Oh, so you're wrong too. So I know everybody knows. I don't Danny know why Ferry. you guys are like. I feel like you guys are coming at me here talking about Ethan Happ. Ethan Happ is a beast, dude. He's the first two-time All-American in Wisconsin history, and he's along the likes of Oscar Robinson and Larry Bird. Just don't think he's the most important player. We're not talking about best. No, I know. We're talking about would, most important. He wouldn't be my best either. When <laughs> would you use Ethan Happ as a recruiting tool to bring guys in? Like, look at the longevity of this guy in his career. Look if at you, his head. If you want to play four years and then go to Europe, yeah. He's along the lines of Oxford Robinson and Larry Bird. All right, I'm just going down the list here of, of when it comes to all-timers for Wisconsin basketball. And when it comes to a guy who... If he would have left in his sophomore year, I think he would have been drafted, and it would have been uh, he could have seen a good year, maybe a, a chance at the NBA. But he stuck around. Nigel Hayes, off the off the court, huge, huge when it comes to you know being a voice of change uh, for you know an early his voice message, of change. Yeah. a very early voice of change. I think now he'd be at the time when his uh, when he was leading the charge of you know of social justice and civil unrest. He was kind of told to be quiet a little bit. Now I think he would his his message would be very well received. But at the time, he kind of rubbed people the wrong way. Looking back on it, you're like, man, I probably should have listened a little more. And he was being told to be quiet by people outside of the program. It yeah. wasn't like the coaches were telling him to. And a lot of people got really upset when he had that sign and it said, "What did it essentially say?" Like, uh, "Broke student, broke student." Or, Here's my Venmo. Yeah, he used all that money to help. Um, was it the Boys and Girls Club, and also to well, help a family get gifts for Christmas? Technically, was his buddy's Venmo because he yeah, would get he suspended could. or punished if it was actually his. But yeah, they gave all that money to I forget what charity it ended up being. But he was a big, huge voice of you know change. Uh, Zach's an early voice of change. Could you throw Nigel Hayes there as being one of the most important Wisconsin Badgers? No, um, but no, I'd say I throw. You know who a guy I'd throw in there be Devin Harris. Yeah, uh, was part of two Big Ten championship regular season championship teams. Won a Big Ten tournament title. Uh, was the Big Ten Player of the Year uh, as a junior? Was he part of one of Bo's first two recruiting classes? He first? was. He was the first. Yeah, part of the first 2001 uh, that recruiting class. He was coming anyways. Yeah, uh, for uh, Dick, Dick Bennett, Bennett but, but it turned yeah. out that he was uh, a much better player. His thing. His thing. He got sick in high school. I think between his June, uh, between his sophomore and junior, I think he had uh, something that kept him out of AAU ball, and so he got totally left off the radar and People ended up forgot about him yeah, that's crazy totally forgot about him he went and averaged 25 points a game as a senior and wisconsin obviously was like yeah come on <laughs> come, come on come on open arms we barely scored 25 points in a tournament game one time so uh yeah let's 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 come on down yeah was well, he um he was the big 10 player of the year wasn't he in, in 2004 2004 yeah so devin harris he should have stayed too had he stayed, Man. him and Orlando Tucker in two thousand five, they you know when they ended up going to the Elite Eight, yeah, it's a possibility that 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 team could have been something special too. Yeah, yeah. or if Orlando hadn't gotten hurt in two thousand four, yeah. Then again, if you get hurt, in t- don't get hurt in two thousand four, then you're not around for oh six oh seven. God, how long did Harris play in the NBA for? I feel like he was there for a long time. He had a pretty long. He's still in the league. He's still, still in the league. league. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Um, man. <laughs> What? I was going to say, I don't think I heard of retirement or anything it, like that. That's wild that he's still in the league. That's good for him, man. That's crazy. Well, he was drafted in 2004, right? Yep. Actually, he's he didn't play this year. 18-19 was his last year. I was going to say, I, didn't, I thought I'd recognize his name but uh, this year. But, yeah, that's crazy. Um, he still could go ball out if he wanted to. That guy's a beast. 2004 where he earned uh, – well, he was an all-star with the Nets, too, I think, in the 2009, I want to say. So looking, I want to dive more into Frank Kaminsky. I know Zach, you got to step out for a little bit. Yep. Um, but when it comes to Frank the Tank, Frank, start thinking of Frank Kaminsky and what he meant. Now I remember when he first, when he, his freshman year, just chilling at the end of the bench. My dad being like, "Who the hell is this guy?" 
why did we give a scholarship to this guy? Who is this waste of space? Just, uh, I think a lot of people were just a three-star kid out of Illinois. I think a few people were saying that too, as like freshman and sophomore years, like, what is this guy? And then that junior year, whew, look out, man! The sports shut down. Now we do D bag, or I should say, let me rephrase that: we did D bag of the week, where every week we would hand out a street justice and crown someone a D bag champion. And you know, with no sports going on for a while, and just the how society is right now, just everything is just so, you know, you're just the vitriol out there from any side everywhere. You, you breathe wrong all of a sudden. It's, you know, someone's coming at you. So we always like to keep it light and keep it to sports when it comes to the D-bag of the week. We never really, like, ventured off into things outside of sports where there could be thousands of D-bags a week outside of sports. But inside of sports with nothing really going on, I would say up for D-bag of the year would be Rob Manfred. Yes. Major League Baseball's commissioner. Rudy Gobert. Rudy, Rudy Gobert for touching and kissing and all the things all he did the, yeah. to help spread Only at to, the time he you know wasn't taking it too seriously. Only to test positive like the next day. Yeah, and Donovan Mitchell wanted to you know beat his brains in a little bit over it. Yes. Uh, who else would you have up there? I think you could have... Um... Could you have Kyrie Irving up there? Now, I know what Kyrie Irving is saying. That he wants to, you know, he'd, he's willing to give it all up to fight for civil unrest and social justice. But then at the same time, you know, because he, he, he's thinking, he's telling his teammates to boycott the 2019-2020 NBA season, the restart in Orlando, because everyone wants to focus on the movement, right? Yes. Well, wouldn't you say telling your teammates to not do the Orlando restart to focus on the movement. Couldn't you say the next part of his conversation he had saying, let's start our own league? Wouldn't that be taking away from the movement of yeah. giving it all up? Yeah, but like he, he believes, I think, that the NBA is racist and there's a systemic racism yes. within the NBA. And he's done with that kind of stuff. Yeah, and he wants to start his own league. Where, where there wouldn't be uh, because... It's new, and it's would have people that aren't racist running it. I guess, um, but no, I guess, I guess the I, line of thinking, yeah. I'm not gonna. But no. the board, of, they're not owners anymore in the NBA. They're board, the board of governors. Right. I wouldn't put. I would not put Kyrie on that list simply because he's he's got an opinion. He's doing what he he was elected to do to, to give people a voice. But I don't. Uh, I wouldn't put I, him on the list either. Would I follow what he says? Would I if I was anybody uh, that was in the NBA? Probably not, based on what he said in the past. Some of his crazy. Stuff that he said in the past, so no, I, I wouldn't put him up there. But you know, I, I could understand where someone may think that. Okay, um, I, I could see if we had a light week of him maybe putting him up in the weeks running, but yeah. I don't think he'd be on going to win it all. No, uh, I know he is not here to defend himself, but how about Nelson Raceback for putting Greg Gard on Mount Notice? Oh, only to see Greg Gard run the table, go eight zero, and win a Big Ten championship, all the while. The guy that usually sits in this seat was crushing Greg Gard and thought he should be out as coach, along with a lot of other crazies out there that take to social him, media yep. and the keyboard warriors. We, I mean, we put the keyboard warriors on there as well. Maybe keyboard, the keyboard warriors, respect slash keyboard, keyboard warriors. warriors. I, Nelly, if you're listening, I agree with Zach. I think I would throw you up there. I don't know how. Man, what seed would he be though? But I, I don't because think, I don't feel like he would. I don't he wouldn't he would, win it. He wouldn't run it like he did last year. And by the way, full disclosure. We did not rig it for Nelson to get to the final no. four. Uh, no. If anything, we were trying to save him. The, the votes. The votes speak for themselves. They do. And I, I, I we called for a re-vote. It, yep. it passed, and there was another vote, and, it, and, he, and he won. won. It is what it is. Okay. In, in reality, he didn't. I mean, we were nice to give him an opportunity for somebody we to, say, were beyond nice. to say yes or no to the revote. We bent the rules for Nelson, and I will no longer bend any rules yeah, no for anyone ever again. No bending of rules. No bending of rules. He's def He definitely has to be on it. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, because when you look at, and I want to talk Badger basketball, well done, Zach, on the transition there, but before we get to Badger basketball, you're totally spot on. Great guard. Well, we would put what hall was it? What dorm? What dorm hall or whatever? Put the fire guard up. New Og, maybe? Yeah, we would put them up. Yeah. All those yeah. losers. See, but they it, fire guard. The, the good thing about them is they came out and admitted they were wrong. They did say we're sorry, right? Yes, we're sorry, Gardo. I think it was what, yeah. it, what it was. So, <laughs> so they admitted it. So they can admit it. 
Nelson will never admit that he's wrong. Did he admit Kyrie it? Kyrie Irving will never admit that he's wrong. Uh, Dude, that would drive Nelson nuts if he was on, like, Rob Manfred. On the same wavelength as Kyrie Irving, Nelson would... And Rob Manfred. Yeah, Rob Manfred is definitely... I think Rob Manfred's the shoe-in for D-Big of the year. Yeah, well, he's he's going to be up there. Yeah. There's still half over half a year to go. That's the thing. Like if I know we and do this, this, I this know year's usually, only going to get even more wild. I know we only usually do it in the summer, right? So it's well, like, that's it's, when the that's when we take all of the winners of each week, and then the you know the uh, committee gets together, seeds them, and usually it was at a bar. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess you can still kind of do it. You now. went to a bar last week. I did, but it was different. It was weird. You know, I went to Brothers Three in the North Side. Shout out to my North Siders, love it over there. I went to Brothers Three. And I walk in, there's, there's tables taped off with a big X on it. You can't sit there. There were sections of the bar taped off with a big X on it. Couldn't sit there. It was very, you know, it's, they have to abide by the rules. I won't say what bar I walked by last night, but uh, there were just people saddled up right at the, uh, at the bar with chairs, which I don't believe is actually allowable. So we, I was saddled up at a bar at, at Brothers 3, but it was spaced out. So okay. you couldn't be by anyone, and the bartender wearing a face mask and gloves and whatever. These people were not spaced out. Yeah. 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 I, I, I wanted to go in, but uh, didn't. How about after the show? I'll take you out. How's that sound? <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, I, I know you're not like, you don't like to get close to people, so I'll, I'll, I'll even do the nine feet instead of the six. Yeah. Hey, I'll I slide you. It. I'll slide you your drink, okay? Yeah, I'll yeah. put a glove on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of who else could probably be in, in this, because 2020 is only going to get worse. You know who the shoe in for it is? Who? Coronavirus. Oh, dude, that well, that, it is sports related. It, oh, it definitely sports related, uh, as this morning show can tell here. Um, it's definitely, it's definitely sports related. We're on and, day ninety-eight of no sports. Yeah. So that, but that, yeah, that to me, that would be a number one seed. That, oh my that, god, that's, that would that would be the 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 number one seed. The coronavirus. The coronavirus. It's the and it will run the table. Let's go to the phone six zero eight three two one sixteen seventy. Welcome into the show. Who do I got? Hello? Hey, what's going on? Yeah, this is Pete from... Hey, Nova. Pete, what's up, man? Long time no talk. Yeah, uh, are you still talking about bait? I mean, well, I guess you're talking about everything. Pete, you can talk about whatever you want to talk about, man. The, the stage is yours. Oh, okay. Well, uh, <laughs> the, the guys on the... The weekend guys on the national shows, are they're, they're really angry, you know? I mean, <laughs> they're politically angry. I, I, you know, I would hate to be their wives. <laughs> <laughs> I know, Peter. That's uh, some of those guys that uh, they get Boy, pretty upset. Yeah, they really are. But yeah, I, I mean, I never understand why Pete. You know, I, 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 I I'm not going to get angry at owners and players because they, you know, they make a lot of money. They make a lot of money because they have, you know, a product that that's in scarce supply, and the other people have skills that the rest of us do. They, they're not taking. I mean, the only time that I'm angry at them is when they, they, uh, that the owners want me to pay tax money to, to build their plant. Same. Otherwise than that, I don't care. You know, I mean, it's, inter- it, well, sometimes it's entertainment. It's something to do, mm-hmm. you know, but I'm not going to, well, they make a lot of money <laughs> and I'm out of work. Well, if they, you know, them working, you're still out of work, you know, unless you, <laughs> unless you, you know, selling hot dogs at the, at the ballpark. But boy, that's all these guys just whine about that all weekend long. It's like, nauseating, they don't owe Pete. us anything. It's nauseating, dude, isn't it? It's yeah, so... well, it's also, but they don't owe us anything. It's like, you know. I I mean they don't owe me oh owe me any more than the uh, McDonald's does. I can go there or not. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It's like it's it's free will, right? You can choose yeah. to go there or not. Uh, I want to say the 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 uh, Dodgers who 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 I saw play in 1955. By the way, that was a big outing for my family to go go and see the Dodgers play the Cubs. But uh, they had lots of they had lots of different names, but they didn't officially become the Dodgers and, until 1933. Oh, they right. didn't have they didn't have an official nickname until then. They were just the Brooklyn Baseball Club. Just Brooklyn Baseball. That's pretty cool, man. Pete, what else is new, man? How you been surviving all this? Well, you know, I I mean, I'm not going out. Well, let, let's say that I'm not doing anything but grocery shopping, getting blood pressure medicine, and uh, and getting a haircut well, hey, until Pete. Fox News uh, 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 creates an effective vaccine. 
So, <laughs> Pete, let me I, ask you, is your blood pressure going up because you're listening to those guys on the weekend? Is that where you're getting that medication? No, it's probably because <laughs> of bad diet. But no, it, but, 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 well, no, once again, though, that's my fault. I mean, if, you know, I, I listen to it, and then when I can't take it, you know, I turn it off. Yeah, we try to be a little more lighthearted over here, Pete. And yeah, not like... and you're do, doing a good job. But, I mean, gosh, it's like, you know, and, and I understand that you, your, your livelihood it kind of depends on it, but but I, I don't begrudge anybody making whatever they do as long as they don't steal it. Yeah, totally. So and 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 them making a lot of money doesn't you know doesn't uh, decrease or increase my pension. Okay, Pete, that's just the way it goes. Pete, what I like about you, well, is a lot of things, but you're very level-headed and you see things very clearly and you don't let emotion kind of take over you. When it comes to baseball, obviously, you know, I can tell how you feel about it right now, but will you? Would you say you're a casual fan of baseball? Or no, you... I'm a I'm I'm a fanatic. So will baseball's my love. Will will they I'm lose old. you? Will they huh? lose you no, if they, they don't ne- have a season? They will never lose me. Never. So I mean, unless unless I have to stay in quarantine for the you know, I mean, well, even no, even after the quarantine's over, I mean, I know what's going to happen. I I well, wait a minute. I I'm I'm speculating. I don't know if they're going to be able to play next year because I think things are even going to be worse you know, epidemic-wise. But then after that, there's going to be a lockout. So, yeah. you know, we're talking three, four, you know, by the way, Laura Ingram may have invented an, uh, a vaccine by the time they get back to play. <laughs> Excuse it me. It may take that long. But, you know, I mean, that. They, but no, I, I uh, oh, today I was supposed to be in Boston to see them play the, the, the Braves, mm. you know, and I had to, but I. I hey, what did you do in 1994 when they uh, didn't have a World Series? What did you think then? Uh, like, I was disappointed because the White Sox were in first place, and I'm a White Sox fan. But otherwise, <laughs> than that, I you know I just said, well, they have labor disputes, and someday they're going to settle it and come back and play. So I'll wait. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I it, there's lots of other more important things to hate than than you know baseball. Yeah. Hey, Pete. When this is all you know, if this ever is over or whatever, I know we had a beer together at the Red Zone a couple of years ago. I'd love to meet you out again and have another beer, my okay, man. Okay, but you know, I I mean, I, I'm gonna. I'll wear a I, mask you know, for you too. The 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 the, the one thing that it, that the 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 sport that bothers me the most is, is pro football because they treat their labor really bad. So, but otherwise, in that, yeah. But I mean, I'd go to a game if I, you know. Yeah, yeah. If I if I didn't well, Pete, have Pete, to wear a I, hazmat suit, if, if you're fine of saying how how old are you again? Uh, I'm almost seventy. So you you and you would go to a baseball game if they allowed it? Oh no! Would would not you go to a sporting event right now if they no, allowed not, it? No, not not until I told you not, not until, until a Fox vaccine? News <laughs> and you know uh, uh, gives us a vaccine that we can trust that will work. <laughs> I thought so. No. <laughs> All right, Pete. It was nice hearing from you, man. And let's yeah, get that beer soon, okay, buddy? All right. All right, see you, man. Uh, Pete from Monona, good stuff right there. He's, uh, yeah, he's been, a, Pete, Pete knows his stuff when it comes to baseball, but see, as a diehard fanatic fan, they say he'll, they'll never, he'll never be lost. Baseball will never lose him. Yeah. Baseball's not in danger of losing guys like that. Yeah. Like, what is, who do you think is the, the casual? Yes, they're in danger of losing people But does a that, casual fan even care as long as they can go to the parking lot and go get drunk and then go like pass out in the stands? You've made that argument before. I don't think the casual fan cares because when you're at the ballpark, the casual fan's not watching the game. So where did those 6,000, 7,000 people per game go from 94 to that's, Well, that's 95. what I'm curious about. I don't know who it is because I know when you take a – let's say you take a, a party bus to yeah. Miller Park. How many casual fans are on that party bus? majority of them, I'd say. Yes. I, I I honestly don't know who they lose. Like I'm not gonna come opening day next year if they have it. I'll be there. I would I, I'd do it. And I'm not a diehard, but I'm more than a casual. You work in sports, even. Yeah. Well, if I didn't work in sports, would you still be there on opening day? Probably not. If there was a party bus to do it, I would. But outside of that, no, I wouldn't. Yeah. How many games would you go to? How many man, How many games do you go to now? It's it's funny because now that I'm in sports radio, I probably go to less games now than I did. Before I was working in this, yeah, because I go to a lot of party buses, and I was just like, "Yeah, that sounds fun. I'll go play some frisbee, grill out, drink some beer, maybe bring a beer bong for the ladies, and then uh, just go have fun in the stands." <laughs> Don't talk about Nelson like that. Yeah, my apologies. Can Nelly still do it with his? Oh, he's got a new nose now. Got, you know? He can actually breathe through his nose now. Yeah. Oh, I was going to show RJ, RJ those pictures. I totally forgot. All right, Zach. Um, I want to get back to Wisconsin basketball, and they're moving up in the rankings, the way too early rankings. But real quick, when it comes to 
potential potential ultimate D-bags of the year yeah. would, and we'll touch on it briefly, a guy in Mike Gundy who was wearing in OAN a far-right news T-shirt with his sons fishing, the, the photo surfaced, Chubba Hubbard came out and said, this is unacceptable. We need change. His teammates agreed with him. His teammates said they would essentially what? Not he got his back. He got his back. We stand he as got one. His, they stand with him. Gundy released a video with Hubbard. They talked it out. Gundy didn't apologize in the first video, but mm. Hubbard did. Yeah. They shook hands like it was Predator. Predator. And people are like, well, this is a little tone deaf of Gundy. Then Gundy came out yesterday, released a video, ap- apologizing even more, saying, once I found out what OAN's stance was for the Black Lives Matter movement of how they, what they said and how they felt about it, it was sickening to me, and I didn't want to align myself with it. And then he apologized. Does Mike Gundy go on the ultimate D-bag list for this year? Multiple reasons for him to be on the list, uh, including the mullet uh, to go along with it. But, yeah, you're getting close. No My mullet's coming out. Look, I don't think Chuba Hubbard should have apologized. I don't like there was. He, well, then he came out again yesterday did. and said that he still stands by what he said. Yeah, what he did was there's nothing wrong with what he did. Like the the only way that's going to get out in the public, the only way that it's that Mike Gundy is going to be forced to change is to put it on put it out there. Otherwise, they lose. They have the power to do it. You lose the power if you try and keep it inside. Uh, and you know it. I feel like, and there's there's obviously no direct evidence to back this up, but like I feel like if um, Chuba Hubbard is coming on Twitter and saying that some other things are happening within that program that got to to that point. Got you know, it's not like the first time anything racially related happened within that program for him to come out and do that, mm-hmm. right? So, I, you know, maybe it had been brought up before. Either way, he shouldn't. Chuba Hubbard shouldn't apologized, and I I'm not totally positive. I uh, really truly believe that Mike Gundy gives a crap based on that apology yesterday. Reading off an apology. Yeah, I don't do it from the heart, man. Have some notes if you want to, but don't read off a screen, which is exactly what he was doing. Yeah, does Mike Gundy have a right to wear whatever shirt he wants? Absolutely, of course he does. Does Chuba Hubbard have the right to say, "Yo, this is unacceptable. I want to change the habits." Of course he does. And who has the power in this situation? It would be the player. The player, because uh, Mike Gundy needs Chuba Hubbard much more than the other way around. Mm-hmm. Chuba Hubbard could go, could not play another game and still go make play. Uh, you know, be a second, third-round pick in the NFL next year. Yep. Doesn't need it. Mike it's, Gundy uh, needs him. Crazy times, you know. It's um, You got a guy wearing a T-shirt, obviously tone deaf when it comes to what's going on in society, and you have now a player using a social media platform to express his thoughts, and it, it blew up. It was crazy. And it's far from the only one, right? I yeah. mean, we saw, down in, uh, we saw down at Florida State that star defensive tackle, you know, the day after their new coach, Mike Norvell, said that he – communicated one-on-one with his entire team about the George Floyd Floyd, um, uh, death and, you know, the resulting protests of it. And his defense tackle on Twitter Twitter came out and said, no, you didn't. You sent a mass text to all of us. You didn't come one-on-one, and so he had to fix that. We've seen, obviously, Chris Doyle, the weight uh, weight coach down at Iowa, have to step aside, though he got a lot of money to do so. Um, Because that's what... um you were, that's what uh, Kalaji was talking about, right? Right, yeah. He was asked about it, and he said, Iowa's problems are Iowa's problems. I don't really want to get into yeah, that. Yeah, this but is like, a good answer from him. But he also said, I want our guys to have dialogue. If they take issue with something that's going on, I have an open door, and I want them to come talk to me, and I hope that they would, which is a good policy. I don't know if necessarily everyone, you know, some people may not want to bring that kind of stuff up, you know, and, and maybe it festers. The The, the key to it is, is obviously acceptance and knowing – Certain, you know, knowing you can't say stupid stuff. You can't you can't be doing that that type of stuff. And of course, so, and so understanding that, but then also realizing if it does get said, you have to figure out a way to come together and and hash it out. Like you can't you can't let things fester. Mm-hmm. And I think certainly at Iowa, clearly it festered. It festered. Uh, well, I mean, for Oklahoma State, it festered. I think it festered. It I think festered. it festered. At, I think it festered at, at uh, Clemson, where you had a guy using the N word in 2013. And just now it coming out, yeah. it just now being addressed, and I and I don't buy Dabo Sweeney's Dabo Sweeney's. Uh, he was just repeating the word. Um, guys have gotten fired for that, for less. 
Yeah, yeah, they really so, have. Um, you know, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's so, social media has brought is bringing change big time. With players now have a a big platform and a big voice that they didn't have before. Yeah, it's uh, it's out there, man, and it's um, there is a a movement and a shift happening. There's no going back. There is no going back, and I don't know. And just like the coronavirus changed everything, now you see. What's going on right now? Changing everything. It's uh, and you have Kyrie Irving then saying that he wants to start his own league. Crazy Kyrie. Uh, and that's that's part of what it is too, because he With says the what the 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 board of governors, which they're now called the owners, is there is what just systemic racism in the NBA, and he's not down with that. And he's not down with that. And some players are like, "Yo, dude, what are you talking about?" And other players are like, "I'm right there with you." Yeah. So there's some. There's, we're we're there's, getting basketball though. Like there, I I I would be shocked if we don't. If we we're do definitely get getting basketball. Unless unless there's some kind of a, a significant outbreak. Still making like they used to, man. Some bangers back in the day. Yeah. Not even back in the day. It's 2000 and what four doesn't seem that long ago, does it? What were you doing in like 2004, Zach? Living downtown. Ooh. Yeah. 2003, 2004. Moved moved to Eau Claire in 04. Where'd you live downtown? A couple of different places. College Park. Oh, this is 2005, the song was. I was so close. Yeah. Oh, so 2005. Ugh. Eau Claire. What you doing downtown, though? Where'd you live, you said? Uh, lived uh, a couple of different places, but College Park and then also um, Hoyt Street, which is just off yeah. of Breeze Terrace. I lived on um, South Orchard Street. We shared the same... Well, this wasn't 2000. I was still in high school in 2004, but in 2000 and eight i was on south orchard street we shared the same house number as a house on north orchard street oh so every friday or saturday every almost every weekend we would be sitting in our living room watching tv and people would just start walking into our house (laughs) like what are you guys doing here turns out that north orchard was the party house and south orchard where we lived just shared the same house number and we were the occasional party house but not the every weekend party house eventually we did start charging people that walked in five dollars a cup and, and then kick them out and then kicked them out yeah you guys are badass we, it didn't end well i, no, I, I won't ima- tell you i won't tell I you what Im- happened i can but imagine it didn't there was some choice words and then some choice uh things thrown punches it <laughs> <laughs> was pretty funny though uh but yeah then i lived on state street for a while i lived on state street during the uh the walker protests 2011 that was, I bet you I racked up almost $1,000 worth of parking tickets in a year because we didn't have a parking, we didn't have a parking garage. Yeah. And if you wanted to pay for a spot, it was astronomical and you could pay for a zone, but still I was like, well, I get up anyways early in the morning to go move my car or go to work because I worked uh, at Macy's at the time. This is when I was just out of school. And I, I would get to my car about 8.02. And parking is free downtown from 6 p.m. till 8 a.m. in the morning. I would get to my car at 8.02, and I'd already have a ticket. I was like, those vultures. Bastards. Almost $1,000 worth of parking tickets. That's insane. I don't miss living on State Street. Did that up in Eau Claire a bunch. Uh, because you had to walk across the bridge in the middle of dead winter, and it was across the, the, the river there. Yeah. And uh, it was so cold. So cold walking across that bridge. So I would drive to the parking lot. By where the building, sure. by where the building was, and would park there, even though didn't uh, have a pass. I didn't have pass, and uh, didn't also. Then you know, sometimes you'd get there and you get the the coins or the um, the the meters. Yeah, but sometimes they weren't available, so you didn't. And so, yeah, I got so many parking tickets, same. and they would not give you your transcripts until you paid off your parking no, tickets. No, so, really. Yeah, same thing happened in Whitewater too. Yeah. So, and if you don't pay, well, in Madison, anyways, if you don't pay the parking ticket within, I think it was fourteen days, then it. It goes up by ten dollars. Whatever it is, it keeps it keeps gradually going up after two weeks, that's, and then that, eventually you're just like, "My God, I need to pay this." That's like the ridiculous uh, toll thing down in Illinois. If you miss, oh, it, dude, you've missed a toll. You got seven days to pay it, and if you don't pay it, it jumps like uh, astronomically. My wife, uh, as before at, we were even married or even dating, she had a roommate, and her roommate would always go to Chicago, and her roommate. This was like two thousand and. Seven, my or her roommate at the time did not give two craps about any of that stuff. Like she's like, laws. I can't. I don't abide by anyone's laws. So right. she would go to Chicago all the time because she had a person she was seeing in Chicago. 
and she would just blow through the, you know, the, the, the tolls, the yeah. iPass, and she didn't have an iPass. I remember vividly when Jenna and I first started hanging out, she got a letter in the mail from, it was like whatever entity it is in Chicago. And she's like, what the F is this? Opens it up. It was like for, it was like a thousand, $1,500, something like that. Like, yeah, good luck. Yeah. Threw it away. But a month later, I was at Jen's and hers. And she got another letter in the mail. And she looked at it. She's like, $4,000? Good luck. <laughs> Throws, throws it away. I go back another time a couple months later. It's a bill for almost $8,000 for blowing through iPasses. I, don't, I have no idea what she did with it, but that's how much they just start yeah. <clears throat> sticking yeah. it to you. Yeah, they screw you. Uh, actually did it in a company vehicle and uh, got <laughs> used the wrong iPass. I used my personal <laughs> iPass that didn't have any money on it as opposed to the mm. iPass that uh, worked. But that wasn't had. your fault. It was. Uh, nah. It, it was, and then uh, I got quite the call from him. Uh, HR slash yeah, well, HR slash, fine. slash uh, yeah HR. I I I don't know who you're talking about, but I can feel like that HR person. Yeah, they're fine. They're cool about she it. She wasn't she wasn't upset about it, but she's like, "What the hell did you do?" Well, my fault because it, because it was like six hundred seven hundred dollars because I hadn't paid and <laughs> I didn't know. I thought I had paid all the I thought I had paid all the tolls. Oh, you damn it, fibs. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so you just read me a little stat about so NBA. The NBA is coming back, unless Kyrie Irving tears it all down. But the NBA is coming back late July for eight-game regular season and then the tournament to crown a champion, hopefully. Also, if you missed it, and if you are a soccer fan, Major League Soccer MLS is also doing a tournament in Orlando. I do believe it's earlier July before the NBA. So they're coming back for training camp in their own home cities June 30th. That's like what they're supposed to, and then they're going to be traveling down to Orlando, I believe, July seventh for another short little training camp and quarantining before, obviously, getting things going, exhibition games, and then the season going June or the season restarted July thirtieth. Uh, but this just from uh, an Orlando news station, uh, the governor down there, Ron DeSantis. Uh, this is not good. Two hundred and sixty workers at the Orlando International Airport tested positive for the virus. After nearly 500 employees were tested, so over 50% of their employees tested positive for the virus. And this is just this just happened, right? Like they yeah. just released this. Yeah, just within the last hour. And the NBA, what was one of the concerns for the NBA restarting? It was COVID-19. It's yeah. They're I mean they're, they're obviously it hasn't, it hasn't gone away. There's a reason the season isn't going on right now. Yeah, it hasn't. It hasn't just because we're not talking about it as much anymore. You know, nationally, we're annoyed of it. And it's, it's, it hasn't, it's not gone, and it's not happening in New York. It's it's still here, yeah. and the NBA they had a concern about it. Well, the players did. And, and now the and now half of the airport staff has tested positive for COVID nineteen. Now the airport where they are going to be going through has tested positive for for COVID. And here's the other kicker about it all. Again, now they they won't go down there for another three weeks, but well, still, it's not that's not good. No, not ideal. And then you throw this on top of it, and we brushed on it yesterday. So the NBA, they're having their people be quarantined in the Wide World Sports Complex in Disney World. The bubble. The bubble for seven weeks. You can't leave. Right. Well, again, teams are going to be leaving all the time because as soon as they get knocked out, they're gone. True. But if you are still, still playing, playing you, you yeah, can't leave. You can. but After seven weeks, right? You can. but No, you can leave, but you're going to have to, then when you come back in, you're going to have to uh, quarantine. Yeah, then you quarantine for- Like 10 four, days or 10 something days. like that. The- the workers, not of the NBA, but the workers in Disney World, are do not have to abide by the NBA's rules with their players of quarantining. Who's this? The workers of yeah, Disney yeah. World. Yeah, yeah. They will work their job, whatever they, whatever it is that they do in Disney World, and then they can go home and do whatever it is that they do. It's like maybe you go to the grocery store. Maybe you go, you know, because maybe to the beach because restrictions are loosened. Maybe you go to a bar. Maybe go to the restaurant. Uh, yeah. These workers, from what I've been reading and can understand, is they don't abide by the same bubble rule that the NBA is going by that you can't leave. So if you have half of the Orlando airport who's been tested getting positive for COVID-19, that's the airport. Right. 
What's going to happen when the workers are coming and going? Who some will be in contact with NBA players, but not close contact. Not close them. contact, but still, because each team is going to have their own chef. They're all going to be in three different resorts. The uh, the the Bucks in the Grand Destino. I think oh, is, they, is, is, is that where they're going to be? Yeah, and and Robin Lopez was already trying to uh, say he'd switch hotels with Phoenix, uh, with Portland because he was like, uh, I want to stay at the Yacht Club or whatever, or whatever it was because it was closer to the type of. Um, the type of well, he's uh, a big Disney guy. He's a huge Disney guy, but it was, it was the amusement park he likes to go to. Yeah, was closer to one of the hotels and w- than what, the other. What hotel was it? You, th- you thought Grand Destino? Isn't that what it is? Um, I'm not. I have to. I'm. Not, I'm trying to look it up. I'm not sure. I when it comes to Disney stuff, I just I don't associate myself too far with it. So here's what I'm going to do, Zach. Yeah, the Grand, the Grand Destino. Oh, Destino. Okay. The uh, Grand Floridian and the Yacht Club. And uh, I looked up the Yacht Club. It looked kind of cool. Grand Casino was just built, just opened uh, last fall, 2019. 4.7 out of 5 stars out of 207 Google reviews. Yeah. And, like, the rooms run, like, 300 on a regular night, uh, 500 peak times. Really? Wow. Yeah. It looks pretty. It's very palatial. Yeah. It's brand new. Yeah, it's very cool. I would stay there. But Robin Lopez was like, no, nah, I want to I go to the Yacht Club instead. A little Yacht Rock at the Yacht Club.